Welcome to the All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe Podcast, I'm going to be talking about the at-home gym essentials in three phases, so three different buying phases for your at-home gym. I've done a at-home or garage gym podcast before, but I've learned so much over the last couple of years since I did that original one and bought a bunch of equipment and played with all this stuff. So this is going to be one of the most inclusive informational podcasts that I have done to date. And I want to mention the show notes because I've put together show notes with links and added descriptions and things like this for all of these pieces of equipment where you can buy them, where I think that you should buy them. And you can get all of this information at allaroundjoe.com slash 200. That's allaroundjoe.com slash 200. You can go there after listening to this podcast and you can just click through and get all of the inf- or all of the gear that I am talking about. And actually, that brings me to mention that if you do that, thank you, because a lot of the links that I have in there are affiliate links, which means that I get some sort of kickback from the companies that I'm using. And a lot of times it's going to be Rogue or Amazon, because that's where I have found that you get the best equipment. So I'll talk about this later, but I almost always go with the more expensive, higher quality products rather than looking for the bargain basement stuff because I've tried that, I've seen it happen before, and the stuff usually falls apart. I'm sure that there are some companies out there that do good stuff that I do not know about, but I would rather save time because that's our most precious commodity than run around trying to look for deals and then potentially have that stuff fall apart. So this podcast is going to be fan freaking tastic. I love putting it together and I'm excited to do this for you. All right. Before we get started, this podcast is brought to you by the Get Better Project, which is my high-end at-home fitness program that you can do with zero equipment or a full gym phase three type of setup here. We do unique workouts every single day, three different unique workouts, whether you have zero equipment, whether you have my setup right now, which is the dumbbell kettlebell setup. Or if you have the full gym setup and you're looking at being a competitor, we have a daily workout for all of those particular people. And you can get started by going to the getbetterproject.com slash getbetter. Join us today. We'll get you into our private Facebook group. We use SugarWad to deliver our workouts. It is good stuff, guys. Um, It is the program that I created so that you can follow exactly what I'm doing and get the results that I'm getting. All right. If you have any questions about that, let me know. But if not, head over to getbetterproject.com slash getbetter. Get signed up today. We'd love to have you. Okay. So jumping right in, we are doing this in three phases. So you could break it up more if you want to, but I put it together like this because this these are the phases that just kind of made the most sense to me as far as like this will get you started and then this will get you a little further and then this will give you the blowout awesome stuff here. The first phase of the home at home gym essentials kit is going to cost between $297 and then up to, 
I put down 572 plus because you could take it really as far as you wanted to. And the 297 or the low end is going to be just going with the lightest weights because they are the least expensive. So if you're stronger than that, you're going to be a little bit more, but just know that that is about the price range. And then if you're multiple people, right, or you want to work out with multiple people at your home gym, then you have to take that into account. So all of these cost ranges just you know, take them with a grain of salt because yours may be a little bit more, a little bit less. And I am not, I'm not including tax and shipping on here. And sometimes they'll have shipping thresholds and taxes will be different in your particular area. So know that it's going to cost more than what I'm talking about. Just be ready for that when you decide to go and make some purchases. So the first thing in phase one of the home gym setup is going to be dumbbells. Yep. The first thing is going to be dumbbells. And it's actually one of the only things that I don't have you getting at Rogue because I've played with dumbbells from Rogue. I played with dumbbells from Amazon. I played with dumbbells from different places and they all seem to last about the same amount of time. I would highly recommend that if you are using dumbbells, don't drop them from overhead, no matter what kind of dumbbell you are using. If you're doing a bench press and you kind of drop them on the floor when you're done with that from like a couple of feet, that's totally fine. Um, although it may end up bending those dumbbells after time if you're doing it over and over and over again. So like if you're doing, you know, dumbbell snatches, I would recommend not dropping them from overhead on your last snatch. I would actually set those guys down. Sometimes you, you'll miss and you'll end up dropping them and that happens. It's not going to ruin your dumbbell, but it's, there's really no need. They're not like bumper dumbbells. And so I get my dumbbells, uh, rubber hex dumbbells at Amazon. And the cool thing about getting your dumbbells or any of the equipment that you can on Amazon is that if you're a prime member, you get free two day shipping for most of, well, the Amazon products. And the, the dumbbells that I actually get are just Amazon basic rubber encased hex dumbbells, which are a little bit more than a dollar a pound. So if you can get a dollar a pound for anything, you're doing pretty darn good. And dumbbells are one of these things that I would recommend that if you can get them uh, a cheaper price, like you're at an event or something like that, you just go ahead and buy the, the rubber hex dumbbells there. Just make sure that they look similar to like these Rogue or Amazon basic rubber hex dumbbells and just buy them there. So if you can get anything close to a dollar per pound, I think that it got a little bit more expensive as you went up and the dumbbells are going to cost you between like from 40 to $120 for a pair of them, depending on how heavy you need your dumbbells to be. And when you're picking your dumbbells, you want to at least start off with a a weight that you're going to be using in most of your fast moving Metcons. Okay. This isn't necessarily going to be something that you're picking up as a strength movement, although you could use it as a strength movement for some things, but let's talk about like the CrossFit open workout. What weight would you use for that? Like the one with the snatches in it um, or what they usually use. It's usually going to be 35 for females and 50 pounds for males, but it could differ based off of if you're going to be doing that scale. But I probably wouldn't go above 50 unless you're just like this super duper brute person and you're like, man, I could do all that stuff just as fast as the 70, then go with the 70. But it's usually going to be 35 or 50 unless you need to scale. The next thing on at home phase one is going to be a kettlebell. 
And this is actually the exact setup that we're carrying around with us right now is we each have two dumbbells. I have two fifties and I have a 70 pound kettlebell and I have been using the rogue kettlebells, which I highly recommend the kettlebells. Again, they're probably not going to be as critical if you get those at rogue or something else, but I do have rogue on here and those are the ones that I use the, just the basic kettlebells. I don't like having the rubber on the bottom or anything like that. Just a basic kettlebell from Rogue. You're also going to want to make sure that they look similar to Rogue because if you are going to be a competitor, go to other gyms, you're, if it's a high-end gym, you're going to get Rogue equipment and you want your equipment to feel the same way, especially if you're going to be doing any kind of competitions. You don't want to get there and have your kettlebell have this huge handle that's really easy to grab onto and then you have to use this really small or small-ish because my pinkies don't get all, all the way around the kettlebell with the traditional rogue kettlebells. So then you would go with the same idea of what you would use in a typical workout. That's why I went with 70s because I do seven, use a 70 pound kettlebell in about 90% of the workouts that I do, whether it's uh, kettlebell swings or snatches or whatever it may be. And the kettlebells are going to cost you between like 40 and $90 each. You probably only need one, but if you are trying to work out with multiple people, then you might need two or later down in down the road. If you're going to be doing multiple things, you, it's nice to have two, but like, for example, I would need 170 to do most of the stuff that I'm going to be doing, but every once in a while, there'll be a programmed, uh, workout with two kettlebells and that would be like two fifty threes, but it probably wouldn't be two seventies. So that, makes the cost go up quite a bit because if I wanted to have the full meal deal, I would need a 70 and two 53s and Emily would need a 53 and two uh, 35s. So I just went with one kettlebell to start with. And that's what I recommend you do if you're on a budget um, or just trying to get through this first phase. And then maybe in one of the other phases, you can step it up. The next thing in phase number one is a jump rope. Now, we love RPM jump ropes. We've used them for years. We've tried all kinds of different things. They just spin really well. They're nice and light, or I should say the, they're the appropriate amount of weight for spinning and not wearing your forearms out. So highly recommend that you go with a, an RPM jump rope. You can get those guys for 55 bucks on Rogue. And that's what we usually do. You can get them in all different colors. I recommend getting a few replacement cables when you order your first rope. Uh, They do wear out over time and they are going to last you much longer if you use them on a rubber surface rather than on a cement or a rugged surface at all. In fact, if you're going to do that, I might even get one of those cheapo $10 jump ropes from Amazon and use that instead, but have the RPM rope when I'm going to be using it on a rubber surface. The gymnastic rings are the next up on phase one. You can get these for $72 on Rogue. We recommend just getting the Rogue rings or if you could find something identical to those because I've had some other rings that I bought that were bargain basement before and they didn't feel the same way. And then when I went and used the regular Rogue rings that everybody else has, 
it felt different. So you want to have it, those things feel the same way on the majority of time. I would rather have the weird things be when I drop in at gyms that have weird things rather than being the consistent that I know I'm going to get. So it's okay to do different things, but you don't want your different thing to be that which is very different and you probably won't see if you drop in at a gym. And then if you do drop in at a gym and there's something different, then it's all right, just training something different. Does that make sense? So gymnastic rings, the cool thing about gymnastics rings is you can hang them all over the place. You go to a park, you hang them, you can find a good tree and hang them. You can find like a picnic shelter and you can hang them and you can do all kinds of things. You can do hanging ring rows at all different levels. So this is works for all different kinds of people. Hanging ring rows, you could do strict pull-ups, you could do kipping pull-ups to some extent, you can do muscle-ups, you can do dips, you can do all kinds of stuff. And they're so portable and very small. And they come, you know, you can get like just a little bag and put those guys in and it's really easy to carry those around. I usually have them in the back of the car, in this case now, in the van, but you, there's, they're very versatile. So I recommend getting a, a set of those. And then we have last but not least on this at home gym essentials phase one is a wall ball. All right. The cool thing about wall balls, you can do, you know, again, a bunch of different things with a wall ball and you don't need a lot of, you just need something, a wall to throw the wall ball up against and you can do wall balls, right? You can do that. You can do even like wall ball cleans, um, are really hard if you do them correctly. Uh, trust me, I did them in level one. They make you just work your butt off just doing these, uh, medicine ball cleans. And you can get these guys for about 90 to $123. If you go with a rogue wall ball or 106 to 165, if you go with Dynamax wall ball, both are sold on rogue. And I highly, highly recommend that you go with one of these two wall balls because I have not found a much many other wall balls that I think are of the quality of these ones. The reason for that is because for whatever, for whatever reason, other wall balls tend to be lopsided or they wear out quickly. Um, and you do not want that. You do not want a wall ball that is lopsided number one, because when you're throwing that wall ball and it's not consistent, it's cool, right? You, you know, you get a little bit of variation in there and that's fun from time to time, but you want to have, you get enough variation on a good wall ball and you don't want to have the wall ball that you throw up against the target. It hits a target and bounces so far to the side that you have to like jump over or you have to like stop because the wall ball is so inconsistent and you'd be surprised how many top brands actually have that happen with their wall balls. So I highly recommend you go with a rogue or a Dynamax wall ball, even if it costs a little bit more and it'll be great for your home gym setup. You can do all kinds of stuff with that. So that was phase one of the at home gym essentials. Phase number two is going to cost you a little bit more. So between 930 and 1500 plus is what I rated for this phase two of your home gym. Now when we're talking home gym, I should have mentioned this could be like your garage. This could be a barn. This could be, you know, some sort of outdoor setup that you have, whatever in a shed, who knows, right? It could be whatever you have available to you. And some of these things may be applicable and some of them may not be, but I'm thinking in the ideal situation here that you have, you know, space to do all this stuff. And if you have any questions, 
hit me up. I'm happy to answer any questions. I love talking about this stuff. If you can't tell, I think it's super interesting and deciding on what types of things. And I've tried all these different things. So I'm happy to be able to pass that information along to you. So phase two, we're talking 930 to $1,500 plus. And as I mentioned before, plus you go pretty much as big as you want to on these things. And it's not including taxes or shipping. The first thing in phase two are barbells. So go find yourself a nice barbell. I've always just, like I said, go with Rogue. They are awesome. Customer service is good. The only thing I don't like about Rogue is that if you don't pay enough money, you end up paying a bunch of money in shipping. So like if you hit the threshold, you can get free shipping at times, I believe. But otherwise, it's going to cost you a lot for shipping. So you're going to want to have to be strategic about about that. Otherwise, you're going to pay a lot for shipping. But barbells. I like to just go, usually my advice is to go with the traditional Ohio bar for men or Bella bar for women that Rogue sells. Now, if you are a competitive weightlifter, you may want to up that, or I would recommend going with an Ohio bar and or a Bella bar for the females, um, Ohio bar for men, Bella bar for females. And then in the future, maybe you get yourself a nicer Olympic barbell if you decide to go that path. Chances are that if you are listening to this and you are an Olympic, a competitive Olympic lifter, you already know what you're looking at and you should just go buy that particular thing. But you can get an Ohio bar for like $285 or a Bella bar for $215 is for their base model. And those are just great bars, guys. They'll last you a they'll last you forever if you take care of them. And we have, uh, I have actually the, the traditional rogue bar right now that we were hauling around in the van. And I mean, I do not treat that thing very well. And it's, it's awesome. I mean, it was out in the rain the other day. It's been out in the rain several times. I need to actually clean it up a little bit, but it keeps on trucking on. I've had that thing for years, for years and years and years. So then if you have a barbell, you're going to want to get plates. Now plates, I definitely have seen tons of other non-Rogue plates fall apart, so I'm a huge fan of Rogue plates. Um, we have the Rogue Color uh, Training 2.0 plates in the pounds, not the kilos. doesn't really matter, though, whatever you want. Um, but we went with those ones because they're thinner. So you have a couple of options when you're looking at plates. You can get the traditional high-temp plates, which are great plates. The only downside to those is that they are thicker. And the problem with having a thicker plate is that if you're super strong, then you're not going to be able to go above, you know, like, could be wrong, but like, you're not going to be able to go too far above 400 pounds before you run out of space in the barbell. And if you got like the color plates or there's a couple other options that you can get that will allow you to put more plates on there. So you can make that distinction whether or not you think that you want to pay a little bit more to have a nicer plate that you can put more weight on the bar or you can just go with the high temp. Both are good quality plates. All the stuff at Rogue I've, I think are, are really high quality. And those are going to cost you between like $435 for 210 pounds up to $700 for 350. And in this second phase, that's what I recommend going to unless you're super strong. Because if you get 350 or with if you go with the color plates, um, there it's up to 320 pounds, then you have the 40, 35 or 40 pound barbell, um, you're going to get up there. And probably not for really high, heavy, strong people doing back squats or deadlifts. And you could add more on if you needed to, but it's going to be pretty darn close. All right. And you're going to be able to do a lot of stuff and you could add more to that if you need 
more weight right off of the bat. But this is the, the second phase and you can add that stuff in in the third phase or you could just do it right now. All right, next up we've got collars. I have some great advice for you on the collars as well. Having tried a whole bunch of different collars, the ones that work by far the best, even though they're a little bit more expensive, are the Oso Barbell Collars or OSO Barbell Collars that you can get on their website or at Rogue as well. So if you can you know, put a bunch of these things together and order them together, you might be able to get a better deal on shipping at Rogue, which is what I would do personally. The Oso collars are great. I just get the original version of them. I'm not sure if there's an actual style name. I couldn't find one, but if you just search for the Oso collars, they're about $50. I've tried a couple of their styles, actually. They're $50 ones, and then they have their smaller, cheaper ones. I recommend going with the $50 ones. The smaller, cheaper ones will move will move as you are dropping barbells, um, whereas the original ones hardly move at all. So pay the $50 for those. You can get them in a lot of cool different colors and they work just great, all right? Don't waste your money with the plastic clips. They look like they'd work well, but and they may even work well for a little while, but then they stop working well and you have to replace them or they break, but I've never had uh, I might've had an Oso collar bend one time, but that is the worst thing that has happened to it. Last but not least on phase two of the at home gym essentials, one of my favorite tools that I could possibly imagine are sandbags. Okay. They are not the traditional sandbags that are long either. They're the nugget sandbags, ones that are kind of like square or round. Those are the ideal ones that I like the best. And they're actually called the rogue strongman sandbags. These things are so cool guys. You can do so much stuff with them. Not only that, I suppose you could get a larger sandbag and put less weight into it. Um, I would just pick one of them. Like for myself, I usually just go with a 150 pound sandbag. And I know that that's heavy for a lot of people. So you could go with a hundred and that would still be very versatile. Like I could use a hundred for a lot of this stuff. Um, just ideally, if I'm going to use one, it's probably 150 pounds and that's challenging for me. But sandbags are so cool. You can use them for cleans. And the cool thing about with cleans, I find that because of the awkward position that it puts you in, it's not only makes you better at a sandbag clean, but it really forces your hips to be explosive. So it transfers into like all of these other movements that you would do where you need explosive hips. So sandbag cleans are fantastic. If you ever done a front squat with a sandbag that you're holding the sandbag in, in front of you, it's not really like a front rack front squat it's like you're holding it over your stomach like uh like as if you were going to carry do a carry but you do front squats with it so they those are unbelievably cool i mean just so amazing and i suppose one thing that i could note here is that you could do a sandbag or a d-ball all right so if you found a cool d-ball in these weights they're pretty much interchangeable for me uh, the sandbag or the D ball, just go with whatever you think is a, is better for you in particular. They're going to be about the same shape. They're going to be the same weight. And, you know, I don't know that I, re I, re 
I recommend one over the other. The bummer thing about the sandbags, they might sandbags might be a little more more durable, although I've never ruined a D ball before. The sandbags, though, a bummer thing is that you buy them and then you have to load them. So you you pay for the bag that you want and then you get the filler. And the filler is never the exact amount of weight that you want. So you have to make sure that you weigh your sandbag after it's full to get the appropriate weight that you're looking for. It's kind of a bummer that they don't just sell them as together or like a kit for each weight. I don't know why they do that. And that may be a reason that you want to try a D-ball instead of a sandbag. But either way, they're going to be the same movements. You can do the cleans, the front squats, which I mentioned are just like amazing carries. You can carry these things all over. You could do carry it in the, you know, in your front of your body. You could probably even put it on your shoulder, carry that around. That's hard. I've actually done that before. Um, just holds are great and deadlifts. You can do all of those things. And uh, the cool thing, the thing that I love the most about this is a sandbag is so closer, so much closer to an, a, a piece of qu- equipment or something that you would actually be lifting in real life because they're awkward that I think that there's just so much application. Like if you get really good at doing sandbag cleans, there's so many other things that are easier to pick up because of those particular of getting good at that particular movement. And the rogue strongman sandbags in particular are going to be around $160 uh, for a hundred pounds. And this is including filler. All right. So I included filler on mine. If you go to the site, you need to make sure and add the filler on your own. Otherwise you'll be like, Oh, Joe said it was 160. It's actually cheaper. Nope. Not the case. You need the filler or $203 not including tax or shipping for the 150 pound rogue strongman sandbag. Now you could get one of the sandbags that are shaped more like a, a cylinder, but I think that these round ones are just, they're easier. You can do more things with them, a little bit more applicable, easier to um, put in the corner and not have them be a, a nuisance. So I like the strongman sandbags the best, or like I mentioned, the, uh, the D balls. All right. Last but not least, we have the home gym phase three. This is going to be the third and final phase. Now, I mentioned earlier that you could break this up even further so you don't have to do it in these particular phases. You could be like, oh, I want to start with dumbbells. Then later on, I'm going to get a kettlebell or I'm going to get a barbell because I'm really into barbell stuff, uh, even though it's much less versatile. I mean, you could make an argument that barbell and dumbbells are pretty darn close. And we did that for a while, but I just find that dumbbells, you can do so much more. You can use one, you can use two. Uh, if you're trying to get the best, most variable amount of workouts with the least amount of space that you're taking up and the least amount of setup, the dumbbells are definitely, I believe the way to go. And they're much less expensive than a barbell setup, but you could go with the barbell first. If you think that that is the, you know, the direction that you'd want to go. Anyway, home gym phase number three is going to be about $2,800 minimally to much, much more depending on the size of rig rack that you want to get yourself, which is the first thing that we're going to talk about in home gym phase three is the rig rack. I really like to get something that's like a wall mounted uh, rig or it, they, they, they call it a, an actual wall mount uh, on the Rogue site. And I definitely like to go with the Rogue equipment, as I've mentioned in the past. But I have seen some people who have 
taken the rogue equipment or, you know, taken a picture of it to somebody that's fabrication and had them put together a really sweet setup that's almost exactly the same as a rogue setup. I will probably end up just buying a rogue infinity rig or infinity wall mount myself, which is going to be about, uh, 1150 or yeah, 1,150 plus dollars, depending on the size or for the rig, the first one was the Walmart or for the rig is about $1,550 plus for the size. Now the only difference is going to be that one's going to have the side that mounts to the wall and the other one's going to be a, a potential freestanding setup that you're going to be using. So you're going to have, you know, full 360 degrees of rig to be able to be used. Whereas with the wall mount, you would only be able to use the one side. I personally, when we, when we get one of these, I haven't bought one yet, but we have bought them for the gym. So I do have, uh, some knowledge on, on these particular things. And I've used the rigs a lot, which is how I can definitely advise you on them. It's just all going to depend on how many people you want to be able to have on your rig at one time. So if you want to just be able to work out with yourself, then you just need that one little cage there with one pull-up bar that you can do. Make sure that you get the pull-up bar set up so you can do muscle-ups there so you don't have the double bar on all sides. Um, and I like the spiel bar definitely i would highly recommend that you get yourself a spiel bar and make sure that your setup can handle a spiel bar however you decide to do it i like those way better than the dirty south bars which are like the three bar setup that thing just throws me off like crazy i'm not a fan of it although they try and sell you it a lot when you buy these systems i would just go with the double bar setup and then the wherever you need to and then the spiel bar whenever you can because that is just a bar that grips so much better than any of these other powder coated things that you're definitely going to want to have one if you go from without that to that you'll be like holy smokes i wish that i had that set up the whole time it's so much better that's s-p-e-a-l the spiel bar okay so you're just going to have to decide what you want here and how many people are going to be working out. If you just have a small amount of people, you're probably going to be best with the wall mounts. I also want to mention that I have tried and actually bought and sold some of their squat racks that have pull-up bars set up with them. I'm not really a fan unless you're just looking to do strict pull-ups and squats or like squatting movements out of the rack because the footprint just isn't big enough to have a stable environment to do anything other than strict pull-ups unless you're weighting down the setup. So if you had your bumper weights and you just piled them up on the actual rack, that would work, but it's still a little bit sketchy for me. So I would just get one of these smaller wall mount setups and actually attach it so that thing stays super, super stable. And you're going to be much happier down the road, even though you can't move it around. Yeah, that would be the only reason that I would get one of those rack setup or the the squat stand setups is because if I needed to move it in and out, that would be the only reason. And I would even do like I would have a setup that was a wall mounted setup in inside or outside however it would however my situation was was working out and then if i wanted to have a, a separate squat rack i would actually get one of the smaller ones that i could move around rather than getting a bigger one that had a pull-up bar on it 
because I just don't feel like they're stable enough. I don't like how they, the footprint just isn't big enough. And maybe I haven't found the right one, but it was not stable at all. The big bad one that I thought that I had. So that's it for the rigs or wall mounts. I know that that's kind of a complicated one. So if you have more questions about that, hit me up on the show notes at allaroundjoe.com slash 200. Can't believe it's the 200th podcast doing it right now, right here. Here we go. Um, or you can shoot me an email, joe at allaroundjoe.com. Happy to answer any questions about your setup or you know what you think you should do. Airbike comes up next and I do have some more thoughts on airbike. So for a long time, it was the assault airbike that everybody needed to have. That was the gold standard, but Rogue has since come out with the Echo bike, which is also a very good bike and a little bit less money for you than the assault airbike. Both of them are very good bikes. And I actually enjoy using the assault bike a little bit more. That could be because I've just used it more. And I like how you can ramp up the calories. Whereas on the Rogue Echo bike, I just feel like it, it doesn't give you much leeway, no matter how hard you're going, which it might actually be better. So the the other thing is that the Rogue Echo bike is a, it feels like a better piece of equipment. It feels like it's put together better. Although anytime that an assault bike has broken on us, we've been able to easily fix it. It hasn't been a problem. So what you're looking at though is a Rogue Echo bike is about $750, whereas an assault bike is $1,300, which is quite a bit different. If I was just going to buy one, I would probably go with the Rogue Echo bike because I feel like a lot of the gyms are going in that direction. And I also feel like if you were really good at an Echo bike, you would also be really good at an assault bike but you might not be really good on an echo bike if you were good on an assault bike just because the rogue echo bike feels like you're suffering no matter how hard you push it whereas the assault bike feels like if you push it really hard you get ahead a little bit and you get some momentum so there are my thoughts on the uh air bike the air assault or rogue echo bike and then we have the rower so in phase three, you would also, in my opinion, get yourself a rower, which before this, you were able to run during your Metcons. If a, a bike or a rower came up, you could substitute a run for that, and that would be totally fine. Although myself, knowing how much I run and how my calves get really tired of running, it would be really nice to have an assault bike or a rower on hand to be able to get in those extra cardio pieces without having to put in the time or the abuse of running. Even if you have really, really high end running form, it's just easier on your body, less wear and tear to use a bike or a rower every once in a while and give your joints and muscles, running muscles, a little bit of a break. So for the rower, it's super simple. Just go with the concept to rower, ideally one that's newer that company is rock solid and people take care of those things. The resale value is insane. They're going to be about $900 on rogue. I think that the best deal that we've ever found is either six or $700 for a mildly used one. And what I mean by mildly used is sometimes you'll have a larger competition in your area. And what they'll do is they'll actually buy a whole bunch 
by whole bunch, I mean like, let's say however many they would use in a heat. So let's call it up to like 20 new rowers. And then they would actually sell the rowers either right after the competition or they'll have them sold before the competition and you can just pick them up after they're done being used. And they're probably only going to be used for, you know, maximum a few thousand meters. And then you get this rower with this practically new for a few hundred dollars off. Just note that if you see something like that come up, you're going to need to buy them quickly. Do not wait. If you find anything that's under the $900 range for a rower that's only been used in one competition, just buy it. Uh, worst case scenario, you could turn around and resell it if you wanted to. I think that what happens is that these uh, the people that are running the competition get a discount for buying these rowers and they get a few hundred dollars off themselves. I'm guessing that's what happens. And then they turn around and sell them so that they basically get to use the rowers in the competition, brand new rowers for free. This also happens with assault bikes, although uh, or, you know, the Rogue Echo bikes, although I haven't personally been able to purchase any of them in that capacity, I would recommend, actually, maybe I have, maybe I might've actually gotten a couple of them that way. But either way, I think that that is the ideal situation where you follow some of the competitions and make sure that you're on their email list. And then when they announce the competitions sometimes, or as it gets closer to the announcement, they'll, they'll have a sale on the equipment that they're going to be using and you can get some great deals on mildly used equipment that will last you for years. So that's phase three. The phase three had the rack, the rig rack, air bikes, and rowers. And then I also have an optional accessories set up here that you could do at any time. And they're notable things, but they are not necessarily things that everybody will want. The first being a climbing rope. Now, obviously, this is going to depend on how much height you have in your home gym setup. And I feel like most home gyms do not have a lot of height unless you're going to be setting up a barn or something like that, which would be super sweet. Um, but if you can, have a rope because they're just super fun. You can use them for all different kinds of things. You don't have to be able to climb 15 feet in order to have a rope be effective. You can use it for hanging rope poles. You can use it for just going as high as you can or want. But I would say that you're going to want to have at least probably 12 feet in order for a rope to be a good good setup. I guess you could have 10 feet and then you do your legless rope climbs from a seated position. That would be something you could consider at 10 feet. Probably wouldn't go less than that though. Um, and they're cool. You know, your ropes are only going to cost you like 77 to $132 for the rope. And if depending on how you're going to be attaching that, you may not even need bracketry, just throw the rope over the top and you'd be good to go. Just make sure that when your rope is dangling on the ground, ideally it's only dangling on the ground a little bit because if it's long on the ground, that becomes a ankle rolling hazard for if you drop it all and you land on that rope, just be really careful with that. You can actually cut the ropes and get a, a rubber seal thing for the bottom or just use some duct tape in the bottom where you cut it so that it keeps your rope safe for people when they come dropping off of that rope. You do not want to break any ankles as you're coming off a good rope climb. The ropes are super cool, legless, legged, you know, all of that stuff. Very good for pulling strength. That was the first optional accessory here. The next one is ski erg. Now ski ergs have gotten popular and I'm surprised actually they've gotten popular. I've used them several times. They are cool. 
they are just, I prefer doing a rower or an air bike or a run way more than using a ski erg and they take up space. So this is one of these things that I don't necessarily recommend for all gyms even, but if you really like that piece of equipment, that's why I put it on here. You could grab one. They're about $950 for a concept to skier on rogue. You know, it's not a bad piece of equipment. It's just, I would definitely get a rower or multiple rowers or multiple air bikes before I went and bought a skier. That's just my opinion though. I don't think they're that awesome functionally upper body cardio, whatever. Um, then we have an ab mat. Okay. A lot of people end up having ab mats. Uh, you should probably have one or two just in case they're only about $30. I personally don't use them all that often because people use them for sit up or V up workouts in order to not get a raspberry on your butt. But in the case that you would actually want to be using one and you're doing a lot of sit ups or V ups, you're still probably going to get a raspberry on your butt anyway. And I would just opt to not have one of those and do something else that is harder and not going to give yourself a raspberry on your butt, such as a GHD or toes to bar, you know, something like that or some other variation of core work. And that brings us to our very last piece of equipment for your home gym, which is in the optional accessories. And that is the GHD the GHD is a actually a really cool piece of equipment that you could use for your hamstrings and glutes. Stands for glute hamstring developer, or for the GHD sit-ups, which a lot of times are programmed in competitive training programs. And if you're looking to get some super abs, GHDs are a great way of doing that. They're the only thing for me that really gets my abs super duper sore. But a GHD is an expensive piece of equipment that is going to take up a lot of space. And that's why it is very last on our list here. I recommend getting a high quality GHD, but you probably don't need a high quality GHD if you find one from someplace else just because you're not going to use it all that often. Just make sure that the that you can try it out and that the pads for where your feet are are going to be close enough together that your feet are not going to slide out of them as you lean back on a GHD sit-up. I have seen people hurt themselves that way with bad pieces of equipment. And the last thing is that sometimes the the pieces that your butt or, or uh, quads will rest on, those pads will slide to the outside. So if you find somebody selling one of these used and it looks like those pads on the top are moving around a lot, your butt can actually sink down to the bolts and the metal that are down below. Ask me how I know. And then it's a very unfortunate position to be in. I have remedied that by wrapping duct, duct tape around those and had that happen. Uh, have had that work, but I also think that if you just pay a few more dollars and get yourself a high quality rogue setup, I've never seen that happen on one of their pieces of equipment. So there you have it. All right. This was a longer podcast, but a super fun one. It's at allaroundjoe.com slash 200, where you can get all of the links, which I highly, highly would appreciate if you click through those links, because it helps me to support this show and keep on keeping on. And there's a lot of information that I didn't get even get to talk about at the show notes. So I recommend that you go through that. And I also recommend that you might, you want to bookmark this for as you continue to go, because 
I not only think that this is a pretty darn comprehensive home gym uh, system and setup that I've got here, but I'm going to be evolving it. So as I think that things need to change or I have new pieces of equipment, I'm going to add them to this particular post at allaroundjoe.com slash 200. And it's really easy to remember 200, 200 podcasts. Um, go there, check it out. I love it if you give leave comments at that particular blog post. But if you have other comments, you have questions that you want to have me answer, just go ahead and shoot me an email, joe at allaroundjoe.com. I think this stuff is super fun to try and plan out the ideal home gym. It's all good stuff. Um, we can geek out about it as much as you want to. And if you have any questions or whatnot, that's always fun as well. So, you know, in conclusion, it's going to depend on like how much you guys want to spend. You could get all three phases at one time. You could spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a super setup that you could do with, you know, with multiple people, or you can keep it pretty simple, one person at a time, one or two people, and just go, you know, for under probably $500, do the dumbbell setup and get yourself the ability to do some awesome workouts. I mean, to plug the Get Better Project, we personally are doing a setup right now with two dumbbells and one kettlebell. And I write a whole program daily for that setup that is super good. I mean, it is with the exception of just having or wanting to lift super heavy weights with a barbell from time to time, like squats and deadlifts, the program is pretty much everything that you need with just those three pieces of equipment. It is phenomenal. You can do so much with a kettlebell and two dumbbells. And if you want to get into that particular program and you want a little discount, shoot me an email and tell me that I offered a discount on the kettlebell dumbbell program that I am doing, that we are doing uh, every day right now. And I will give you a discount on that for the Get Better Project. All right. So there you have it. This program is sponsored by the Get Better Project, my at-home high-end training program that you can do with zero equipment all the way up to a full gym, phase three style competitive programming there. We do the kettlebell dumbbell workout every single day. You can follow exactly what I'm doing. These unique programs. We have nutrition advice. It's essentially like hiring me as your coach and getting workouts that I program every single day at the getbetterproject.com slash get better. So if you have any questions about that, need anything at all, just let me know. But that's what I've got for you. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. The All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all around self-improvement Joe. I will see you next time.